Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. So some of you are looking at me kind of funny because you're like, it's too early in the service for you to be up there looking like you're going to bring some heavy word. Like my coffee hasn't kicked in, Pastor. Give me a few minutes. Uh, But we're doing things a little bit different today. So I'm going to share a thought from God's word. And then we're going to see... so many people get baptized in water today. It's going to be incredible. Throughout the day, we'll see probably over uh, 200 people get baptized in water across all of our services. We won't be 200 in this service, all right? So you're okay. Uh, but we've been talking about water baptism, what it represents in this uh, three week. This is kind of right in the middle. Uh, we started this last week, this series called Wanted, Dead, and Alive. I talked about last week that the prophet, um, the uh, great. Uh, um, um, theologian John Bon Jovi had it so close. When he said, wanted dead or alive, it's close. God wants us dead and alive. And that's what water baptism represents. And I spoke out of Romans chapter 6 last week, our key verse probably for this, for this three weeks. And next week, I'll, I'll finish this by talking about what it looks like to live alive in Christ, what it looks like to live an abundant life, what it looks like to, to truly experience um, eternal life starting right now for us. And, um, but our, our key text would be the 11th verse of Romans chapter 6. And uh, that's where the, the Bible says, in the same way, Paul says this, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Wanted, dead, and alive. And I'm going to speak today on, just quickly on the thought, do you, uh, do you have any change? Do you have any change. Let's pray quickly. We'll ask God to speak to us. Lord, you're good, and I thank you for your word. I pray speak to us today. Uh, We need to hear from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Do you have any change? The other day, uh, you know, we live in a a growingly cashless society. I I get that, Uh, uh, and I love aspects of that, the convenience of that. Um, I still like to carry a little bit of cash. And the other day in the office, happened this week, actually, uh, a couple of our staff members were in a, in a particular room, and one of the girls that works for us was in there, and uh, I think one of the staff members asked her something about m- the money she had on her or something like that. And she said this statement. She said, no, I don't have any cash on me because I'm not 50 years old. <laughs> and I was like, okay, shots fired. I hear that. You also no longer have a job. And uh, it's been good having No, I didn't do that at all. No, I get it. I, mean, I, I, fully, I fully get it. Then I went into this defense mode of explaining to her why I sometimes like to still carry cash. Like there's just certain little moments where I just, like if I'm going to tip somebody or something like that, I just, I have a couple things in my life where I just find myself kind of needing it. So I like, so I'm finding myself defending myself for this. But I do notice this uh, in this cashless society that sometimes I can give somebody, like I say, I'm getting a, a something, a, a refill on a drink or something, right? And it's, let's say it's, 53 cents, and I give somebody a dollar. And obviously the cash register is doing the math for the cashier, so they're not having to do that part. But even, even with the cash register doing the math, it'll be like, okay, you owe this person, it'll say 47 cents. And I've watched some of these younger cashiers look down at that thing of change and just go, okay, 47, how do we, 
I think it's, a, I think you start with the big one. That's, I think, 25. And then we just, it's just, it's just funny how difficult it is getting for people to make change. And I think it's kind of a picture of overall society. I think it's getting harder for society to make change in their life. Uh, and um, we're going to look at a passage of scripture in Acts chapter 16. I've preached this passage multiple times, but I focused on the front half of the story. Paul and Silas feel a call from God to go to Macedonia. They do incredible ministry there, and it just it, it, it ends up with them being in prison because of their obedience to God. They're setting people free from demonic activity, and they get thrown in prison for it. And I preach this part of the, of the, of the story quite a bit, verse 25 and 26, that about midnight, Paul and Silas in the inner cell, chains around their arms and legs, they start about midnight to pray and sing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken in at once. The prison doors flew open and all the chains came loose. I've preached that. I could preach it today. That the power of worship and that can, it not only sets you free, it might set somebody free around you. But I've never really focused as far as speaking on what happens after that. And I want to focus on the change that happens after that. Because when you get exposed to that kind of freedom, it will motivate and, and mandate some change in your life. When you get exposed to that kind of freedom, it'll motivate you. It, it merits some, some change in your life when you see something like that. That's what we'll see happening here. A jailer who, first of all, changes his mind. Verse 27, after these, these doors fly open and these chains fall loose, verse 27, the jailer wakes up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself because the prison doors are open. And you go, isn't that a little dramatic, Mr. Jailer? Let me tell you why he was about ready to kill himself. Because Roman law said for a guard, if he ever lost any of the prisoners, now that guard would be due the punishment that the prisoner was set to receive. So now this jailer is seeing every prison door open and he's going, okay, I'm getting ready to deserve the punishment of every single one of these prisoners. I might as well kill myself now. This is what he decides in his mind to do is he's going to take his own life because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Paul shouts, don't harm yourself. We're here. We're all here. And the jailer called for lights. He rushed in. He falls trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and he said, okay, then in that case, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What a change of mind. I mean, one moment he's ready to kill himself, the next moment he's ready to kill the sin in his life. The wages of sin is death. And so sin's either gonna take your spiritual life, take your eternal life, it's either gonna kill you or you're gonna kill it. That's the wages of sin. This jailer makes a change of mind that is so powerful. Goes from really wanting to end his life to wanting to now really experience what real life is. So I think we find it difficult to change our minds sometimes. I think like our, our, our culture is, it gets us in the groove of what we think of our outlook of the way we perceive the world and it just locks us in. 
and we, we kind of choose the content of our life based on our paradigm and what we think. And, and, uh, and the algorithms of social media will do that too. It'll just keep feeding you what you think and what, uh, what you believe and, and, the, and the way that you process. It'll just keep feeding that. And so then what we'll do also in that is if someone does think differently, if someone does do something opposed, because we want everybody just to affirm and accept and celebrate. If, we, if something does go against the way we think, then what we'll do is we'll just reject. We'll just kind of push that out of our life. We'll just expel those people from our life because they disagree. And then when we start to live in that, what happens is we start to think we are incapable of change. We start to think that we'll never change our mind. And I want to, I want to tell you today, uh, the power of God is stronger than whatever, whatever kind of uh, trap you have fallen into in your, in your way of thinking. Whatever kind of addictions on your life, listen, God can still radically change your life. He is still in the life-changing business, and it starts with a change of mind. It does. You have to decide, I don't want to keep living the way I'm living. You have to decide, instead of this junk in my life killing me, I'd rather kill it instead. That's the decision. That's the change of mind this jailer comes to. Also, he has a change of heart. Verse 31, Paul answers the question because this jailer is going, okay, what do I have to do to be saved? Surely there's a lot that I have to do. Surely this is going to be hard for me. And Paul says, hold on, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Let there be a change of heart, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to the others in his house. Paul and Silas share the word not only to this jailer, but to his family. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and then immediately he and his household were baptized. Oh, there's how baptism, baptism ties into what this story is. That there has been such a change of mind, such a change of heart, that they decide it's late. I mean, it's probably two or three in the morning at this stage. And they decide... Listen, this change is so radical. My heart is so different. I'll, I, this baptism you talked about, I want to do that. I want to identify not as a jailer, not as what I used to be. I want to identify as alive in Christ. And so this jailer and his family get baptized together. Sometimes salvation may sound too good to be true. That this would, well, no, just... We, I have to clean myself up. I have to get myself figured out. I have to straighten myself out before I come to Jesus. I think it's kind of like this. I remember being a kid and going to get ready to swim in a pool, and sometimes at the pool there'd be a shower next to it. And it was like somebody expected people to get in the shower before they got in the pool. And as a kid, I just always thought, hey, they're both water. I'm just going straight to the pool. Like, I'm not going to mess around with the shower. Water does the same thing. And I get now why that's there. And if it fit, listen, you, you were kids one day. You were kids back then as well. But no, kids just like, let me just jump in the water. And that's a better picture of salvation. Sometimes we think we got to get in the shower before we come to Jesus. No, just jump in the pool. Like, come to Jesus as you are. He's the one that brings the change. So they get into these waters that represent course a new life but also representing that old life being washed away there's a change of mind there's a change of heart and it leads to a radically changed life I love verse 34 the jailer brought them into his house he set a meal before them and he was filled with joy I love those five words 
he was filled with joy. Because I don't think that that could ever have been accurately said about that man until that day. I think he probably had some happy days. I think he probably had some good things, some good times. But I don't think until that point that anyone could ever accurately describe him as being filled with joy. Because I know there's only one thing that can fill you with joy, and that is being in right relationship with your creator. That's what fills you with joy. It was a, it was a, it was a changed life. When you find your reason, when you find your meaning, when you, when you find that I'm, I'm no longer disconnected from my creator, when I don't have to carry the guilt and shame of my past and the worst things that I've done, when I don't have to carry that anymore, that will fill your life with joy. That's what water baptism represents. And we're gonna celebrate that with so many today in this service. I want you to do this. I want you to watch. Watch for the countenance of the faces when they come up out of that water. You know what you're gonna find? You're gonna find lives that are filled with joy. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.